What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Round Table Podcast with your host, Matt Bruning, back at it again on a beautiful Monday morning, getting toward the end of week 12, guys. Week 12, already through 12 weeks of the NFL season. It's crazy to think about. Most everybody or everybody's matchups will be wrapping up tonight with the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. Getting us into week 13, which for most people is the final week of the fantasy regular season. It is crazy to think that this time next week, most of you will have either clinched or be hoping to clinch with the Monday night game or you're out and you know you're out. So it's going to be a, a hectic seven days. I mean, it's just <clears throat> great time of the year if you know you're going to be in the playoffs. Really bad time of the year if you know you're not going to be in the playoffs. Uh, and, and sad, too, to think that we're wrapping up or getting toward the end of fantasy football and really NFL football together. Just crazy to think that the season is already almost over. I cannot believe it. Anyways, for today's podcast, we will go over six of the NFL games that happened on Sunday, and then I will give you guys my preview of the Monday night game tonight, again, between the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. All right, for our first game of the day the Cleveland Browns beating the Cincinnati Bengals 35 to 20 baby Let's go! The Bake Show, baby! I cannot believe it, guys. What a great game by the Cleveland Browns here. I could not be happier to be a Browns fan today after this just awesome game by everybody. So, Baker, the Bake Show. Huge game here. 258, four touchdowns. Just awesome. I mean, 25 points in fantasy. One of the top quarterbacks on the week. Again, I cannot just, I cannot continue to rave about this kid anymore. Love the attitude. Love what he said about Hugh after the game. Even though it doesn't make 
that much sense. I mean, the dude did get fired. I would expect him to want to go get a job after he got fired uh, and went to Cincinnati. But just seeing him fired up about it and being like, you know what? Fuck you for going to Cincinnati. We play them twice a year. Uh, you know, just it was awesome. Uh, I love the kid. I cannot be happier for him. Great game for him. Nick Chubb comes through again in fantasy. 26 points. 84 yards and a touchdown on the ground on 28 carries, and then possibly the catch of the year, at least for a running back. 44 yards and a touchdown in the air on three catches. Again, making that awesome catch, pinning the ball to the back of the defender and falling into the end zone. Just awesome. Uh, Duke falls a little short here, but that does kind of make sense, especially with as much as Chubb was getting used in the passing game and really how well they were hitting uh, the wide receivers here, I mean, he just he kind of fell to the wayside. Just 23 yards in the air and 16 yards on the ground, getting you four points in fantasy. For the wide receivers, we talked about it on Friday. I thought Antonio Callaway could have a breakout game here uh, this week. I said to plug him in as a high upside flex player. 14 points led the Browns in fantasy points here, at least at the wide receiver position, with four catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh Jarvis Landry struggles here yet again. Just four points in fantasy. You know, I'm really not sure what to say about Jarvis. 30 30 yards on three catches. I think the biggest problem is is what I've heard people talk about, uh, and and it's really starting to show itself up even more and more on game days here, is that uh, rookie quarterbacks tend to use or, or have a clut or cut crutch my goodness I can't talk guys a crutch uh, someone they go to a superstar player someone they can lean on all the time most would think that that would have been David Njoku or Jarvis Landry especially how good he is as a wide receiver the problem is Baker is not doing that Baker's not using a crutch Baker is running the offense and going to the open player all the time which is not always Jarvis so Jarvis is not getting fed the ball as much uh, speaking of David and Joku, he has a huge day for fantasy. 14.8 points in fantasy, five catches on 63 yards and a touchdown. Again, just a, a great day for from all the Cleveland players and, and very interesting in the fact that they're not out of the playoffs now, guys. Uh, maybe a real outside shot of them getting in, but you know what? I'll take an outside shot uh, because I really do think they've got a shot. I said at the beginning of the year, I think they get that second wild card spot. And so far, they haven't proved me wrong. And I'm just hoping for a great finish to this season. Uh, For the Bengals side here, not quite as good as the Cleveland Browns here. So Andy Dalton gets hurt in this game uh, after going for just 100 yards, a touchdown, and an interception, getting you 9 points in fantasy. Jeff Driscoll comes back in, 155 in the air with a touchdown. Also adds 9 yards and the rushing touchdown to get you 17 points. Uh, Definitely something to watch. They have said that it was just a thumb injury for Dalton. Uh, likely he'll be back this week, but if not, uh, if you're using Dalton, if you're in, say, a dynasty league, you don't have a backup or anything like that to play, I would assume you do, but if you don't, now would be the time to get Driscoll, because he'll likely play at least this week if Dalton uh, is going to be held out. Uh, we talked, also talked about on Friday that this would both running backs had great matchups. Joe Mixon, although he struggled uh, to start off the game, ends up coming through for you. 19 points uh, on the day, 89 yards on the ground with 14 carries, and then he 
Add 66 yards on seven catches. A great day for Joe Mixon. Uh, really looked good here. Uh, the only other players that really looked good was Tyler Boyd. Uh, seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, looked to have another huge catch. Unfortunately, got called back uh, right there at the end of the game, but does get you 18 points in fantasy. John Ross gets you 10 points in fantasy with 31 yards on one catch. Also looking fairly good. And CJ Uzoma. Uh, I guess technically comes through for you at the tight end position. As we always talk about tight end, is kind of a skank position here. Six points in fantasy with just 39 yards on six catches. Not a great day for Cincinnati, and, and I honestly don't think that they're going to have many great days going forward uh, here, especially if Andy Dalton is going to be out. Next up, we have the New York Giants losing to the Philadelphia Eagles 22-25. So, for the Giants side here, these guys, the Giants looked really good to start off this game. I really thought the Giants were going to end up blowing out Philly here as they just came out on fire. It was like 19-3 to early in this game, um, but then just could not hold on to lead. The, the offense kind of fell apart in the second half. A lot of it, I think, going in the fact that they uh, they kind of went away from Saquon, which didn't make any sense to me. But uh, Eli Manning gets you 14 points in fantasy, which is 297, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, you know, not a great day for him, but this is exactly what you should expect from him going forward. Saquon has another huge day for fantasy, 29.7 points, 101 yards on the ground with a touchdown on 13 carries, and then adds 41 yards on seven catches in the touchdown as well. Again, they really kind of went away from him in the second half, which didn't make any sense to me as great as he was, especially on the ground or get, catching those quick passes uh, in the passing game. Odell uh, has kind of a quiet game for you here, just 85 yards on five catches. Obviously, you know, you would hope for more, especially with as bad as the, the Eagles secondary has been the past couple weeks. He even called that out after the game, saying that he felt they should attack, have attacked the cornerbacks more, getting you just 11 points in fantasy. Uh, Sterling Shepard also doesn't really do much for you here. Just 40, I'm thir- sorry, 37 yards on four catches, getting you five point seven points in fantasy. And of course, the tight end to come through for you was uh, was Rhett Ellison. Nine points in fantasy, uh, most due to the fact that uh, apparently. Evan Ingram got hurt during warm-ups, and um, nobody knew about it. Nobody told any of the reporters. I guess none of the reporters really asked because he had been out there warming up, so nobody knew about it until after the game started, and he was locked into everybody's lineups. And that fucking sucked for everybody who used him, unfortunately, uh, because if he would have been healthy, he probably would have put close to the same numbers that Rhett Ellison did, which was 77 yards on four catches, again, getting you nine points in fantasy. Uh, and that's something we're going to have to watch now to see if, if that hamstring injury lingers going into next week for for Evan Ingram. But at this point, I feel like this is a lost season. Just he, He's done, in my opinion. I wouldn't even worry about him anymore at this point for the Eagles Carson Wentz 236 and a touchdown getting you 13 points in fantasy just another rough day for Carson Wentz uh and it's honestly starting to worry me a little bit uh really struggled last week uh and struggled again this week here against a a worse defense I mean I I could have seen understood the Saints game and where he kind of struggled especially with the Saints the defense they had last year they've really started to turn it up but the Giants defense uh while um had been good, really has been struggling here the last three or four games, and uh, just 
I, I, I don't I can't explain why Carson Wentz has looked the way that he has. Josh Adams, my guy out of Notre Dame, loved this guy coming out of college. Just like Philip Lindsay, could not understand why why he didn't get drafted. I know why he didn't get invited to the combine because he was injured. Uh, but 16 points in fantasy, 84 yards on 22 carries and a touchdown. Uh, again, just a great day for him. Uh, doesn't do anything in the receiving game. That's all right. When you can get 16 points just rushing the ball. You're coming through, and I expect them to really start to lean on him more and more going forward to kind of balance out this offense. I think that's exactly what they need to do uh, to kind of get back to what they were last year. Stop using these four, five, six fucking running backs in the backfield. Just use your couple guys, Josh Adams, Corey Clement. You're going to keep people off balance, and I really think that that's the way they're going to go for the rest of the year. For the wide receivers... I don't even know what to say. So nobody does anything here. Alshon, five points in fantasy, 39 yards on three catches. Golden Tate, five points in fantasy, 30 yards on four catches. Nelson Aguilar, one point in fantasy, 12 yards on one catch. Just, if it weren't for Zach Ertz, I I don't think this team would even have an aerial attack. Like, it's ridiculous. I cannot believe, especially with as talented as Carson Wentz is, that none of these wide receivers can put up points. Uh, But thank God he has Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz comes through for you after putting up a goose egg last week. Seven catches for 91 yards and a touchdown, getting you 18 points in fantasy. Just continues to be an all-out stud. The next game, we had the Seattle Seahawks pulling off uh, what I think is an upset uh, and barely winning the game 30-27 to over the Carolina Panthers. For the Seahawks, Russell Wilson comes through for you yet again. Like, I, like I've said before, by hook or by crook, this dude is doing it. 339 yards in the air, two touchdowns, getting you 22 points in fantasy. Uh, Really doesn't do anything rushing here, which was surprising to to see him kind of do it all through the air. Lately, he's been doing a lot of work on the ground, uh, so good to see him kind of uh, attacking uh, secondaries and everything and, and getting some production out of his guys. Uh, we'll get to them in a minute. For the running backs, Chris Carson leads the day yet again. 12 points in fantasy, 16 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. And nobody else came close. Mike Davis, four carries. Rashad Penny, four carries. And neither one of them did anything. Uh, I, I just think this continues to confirm that this is Chris Carson's backfield. For the wide receivers, so Tyler Lockett again continues his breakout year. 107 yards on five catches and one touchdown, getting you 19 points in fantasy. David Moore comes up again, comes through for you in this one uh, as as he's kind of struggled a little bit here uh, the past couple games. 103 yards and a touchdown on four catches, and of course our favorite. Doug Baldwin does nothing yet again. Six points in fantasy with just 39 yards on five catches. I really do think that he has been kind of relegated to the three, maybe the two, uh, with as good as Tyler Lockett and David Moore have been. You know, let's hope that it's just his knees bothering him this year and we'll see Doug Baldwin come back next year. But by the way that he is being outproduced by these two uh, and Tyler Lockett and David Moore is really starting uh, to worry me for them, or for him at least. Uh, nothing really going on at tight end for them for the Panthers side here. Uh, 
I cannot believe they lost this game, man. I, I really, I thought they were going to win. I picked them to win, and my pigskin pick them. Uh, they they needed this game, uh, and they just kind of crumbled here going down the stretch. But they came through for you in fantasy. Uh, Cam Newton, 256, two touchdowns, one interception, gets you 23 points in fantasy. Another good day by him. We are going to skip the running back position for a minute because, I mean, just good God. We'll get to him in a minute. He deserves his own minute. Uh, for the wide receivers here, DJ Moore has an, another big game for you for the Panthers. Uh, I love Talked about him in the offseason. I love DJ Moore. I thought he was the best wide receiver. I thought it was going to be him and then Antonio Callaway. Uh, and Moore has really shown up, and Callaway has not really. Uh, I really liked what he's been doing. And again, I, I just can't wait till he's fully integrated in this offense and becomes the number one because he is a playmaker. 91 yards on eight catches gets you 13 points in fantasy. Curtis Samuel, uh, Former Buckeye, another guy I'm really high on. I think he could be the Tyree Kill of this offense. They're starting to use him more and more here now. 11 points in fantasy as he gets you 25 yards on the ground and then adds a touchdown and 17 yards in the air. Uh, Greg Olson doesn't do much here. Uh, had a touchdown and dropped it. Had he had he caught, held on to it, would have made your day. Just get you two points in fantasy. And now, just the guy who deserves all the praise on this offense literally was the only person to put up any yards on one of the f- touchdown drives. I believe it was the one that get them to 27. Christian McCaffrey, 38 points in fantasy, 125 yards on the ground on 17 carries and a touchdown, 112 yards in the air with 11 catches and a touchdown. This dude is ridiculous. He is so fast. Look out, I've got cat-like speed and reflexes. And with this awesome performance, he is coming, uh, getting closer and closer to putting up 1,000 rushing and 1,000 receiving. Uh, technically, he's on pace right now for, I believe, it's 1,100 rushing, almost 1,200, and only 880 receiving yards. I hope he breaks it. I hope he gets 1,000 yards in both uh, because this kid deserves it. Uh, not only does he fucking go out there every day, bust his ass of just one of the best players in fantasy in my opinion but dude's never hurt and you wouldn't expect that uh when you look at him a lot of people talk about how he's a smaller back and they didn't think he could handle the full workload of an NFL workhorse back well he has proven all of the people all of his doubters wrong uh and I'm just I, I love what he's done for Carolina and if you got him in the second round of your drafts this year you were just praising Jesus praising God, whomever the fantasy gods, whomever it is that you praise to, uh, that you got him because he is likely going to be a league winner this year. Next up, we had the San Francisco 49ers losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the 49ers. So Nick Mullins struggled again in this one. Uh, you know, not quite looking like the Nick Mullins we saw in the very first game of his NFL career a couple games ago. Getting you just 10 points in fantasy here. 221 yards in the air. One touchdown, two interceptions. 
we'll see what happens with him. Uh, you know, we had uh, Kyle Shanahan came out earlier today and said that he has not played good. Uh, fairly obvious, uh, but we'll see if they decide to go back uh, to C.J. Beathard or not. I would imagine they'll stick with Mullins just because of the upside. I don't think Beathard has, but you never know. Kyle Shanahan, I'd imagine, doesn't want to keep losing games, so if he feels Beathard's the right choice, uh, then I do agree with him that they should go back to him, but that is something we will monitor. Matt Breida has a huge day here. 15 points in fantasy, gets you 106 yards on the ground on 14 carries, uh, and then adds 34 yards on three catches. Just a great day for Brita uh, and good for him. Going to be interesting next year to think of what happens with him uh, with the return of Jarek McKinnon. So for the wide receivers, just Dante Pettis comes through for you here. 15 points in fantasy. uh, Gets you 77 yards on four catches and the touchdown. Uh, I believe it was Rich... No, it was uh, Wilson Jr. had the touchdown called back. Otherwise, he would have had himself a fairly good day as well. Uh, and George Kittle, while uh, not quite the game we were all hoping for, myself included, does uh, come through for you in fantasy, at least in my opinion. Still get you 8 points, or 8.8 points, 48 yards on 6 catches, and then adds 10 yards rushing as well. For the Buccaneers, so we saw Jameis Winston again, back uh, starter, uh, we'll see if he stays there next week, but as of right now, he's still the starter in Tampa Bay. 22 points in fantasy, 312 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, looked good out there. Uh, I won't say that he didn't. Uh, I liked what he was doing. Just going to be interested to see what this team does and this offense does going down the stretch here. I've everybody, I would have think um, thinks Kurt. Dirt Cutter is coaching for his job at the moment, uh, so likely he's going to continue sticking with Winston until he either puts up another three or four interception half, and then there's a realistic chance I think that he'll go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick again because I do think he's kind of coaching for his job here. Uh, Peyton Barber has a semi-productive game here. Gets you 13 points in fantasy uh, with 47 yards on 18 carries and the one touchdown. Uh, you know, not quite what I thought he would do. I thought he'd have a little bit of a better game here, but still, that that's decent for fantasy. Uh, does add 16 yards in the air. Jacquez Rogers gets you eight points in fantasy as well, with 31 yards on the ground and 31 yards in the air. Mike Evans led the wide receivers here yet again, just barely over Adam Humphreys with 14.6 points, uh, 116 yards on six catches. Uh, And then Adam Humphreys, though, gets the touchdown here, which gets 14.4 points in fantasy as he gets you 54 yards and a touchdown on six catches. Uh, Chris Godwin, if you're playing him in your wide receiver, three comes through for you with six points in fantasy, uh, which is 42 yards on four catches. But... What we talked about on Friday with O.J. Howard being out, Cameron Bray is back. 10 points in fantasy. He got you 26 yards on three catches and the touchdown. Again, I think he's going to be a huge touchdown target for Jameis Winston. They've always had a great connection, and now that O.J. Howard uh, is out, it's going to be Cameron Bray all day long, every day. So I think he is definitely a viable tight end one going forward. The next game, we had uh, what actually, I think, turned out to be a fairly interesting game for the most part. The New England Patriots beating the New York Jets 27-13. to So, Teflon Tommy. God, gotta love Teflon Tommy, man. He, he is definitely the GOAT. 
does better than what he had been lately. Still not a huge game for him, but does get you 19 points in fantasy, 283 yards in the air uh, with two touchdowns. Again, uh, struggling this year a little bit when it comes to fantasy. Not actual NFL football, though some would say he's not playing the best that he has. Dude's 40, 41. Let's calm down, guys. I mean, age is going to catch up with the best of us. I still think he's playing as a premier quarterback, uh, but definitely not quite having the year, uh, at least that he had last year. For the running back, so Sony Michelle, pretty much back fully healthy. Uh, we got to see him just completely run a rup shot yet again here. 21 points in fantasy, 131 yards on the ground on 21 carries and a touchdown. Just looking like a boss out there. Uh, great to see him back looking good. Added 12 yards in the air. Uh, as well, but definitely looks like it's going to be his backfield moving forward. There was some talk about Rex Burkhead possibly coming back uh, off the IR here, I think, next week. If you have Sony Michelle, might be worthy of a pickup because uh, I do think that he could be a, a worthy stash as he could end up being his handcuff there, him and, uh, him and James White paired together. Uh, so James White here uh, actually does a lot more in the rushing game uh, than the receiving game. Just five yards receiving, uh, but does get you 73 yards rushing, getting you eight points in fantasy. Has definitely kind of come back to earth since what he was uh, doing at the start of the year. For the wide receivers, Julian Edelman leads the day. 16 points in fantasy, four catches on eight, for 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just a Typical Julian Edelman. This is exactly what you can expect from him every week. I would say anywhere from 9 to, I would say, upwards of 18, 20 points, especially if he scores uh, just based on pure volume. Josh Gordon, not a bad day here. 9 points in fantasy uh, with 70 yards on 5 catches. Again, he's getting targeted a lot, just not getting those touchdowns, uh, which is going to you know make or break your day, really, for fantasy. Uh, and Rob Gronkowski was back. Good to see him back. There was a lot of talk Friday that he wouldn't play. I believe I honestly didn't think he was going to play. Uh, in the one league I have him, I actually sat him because uh, I didn't see the news until late Sunday that he was going to play. Uh, but again, does come through for fantasy, 13 points, gets you 56 yards on three catches and a touchdown. Great day for Rob, and, and honestly, a touchdown he shouldn't even have caught. Um, Tom Brady threw it with the wide, or the wide receiver, the uh, the safety over the top of him, coming down on him actually, and was hitting him as he was making the catch, uh, and yet he held on to it, just show, shows the trust that Tom Brady has uh, in Gronk to make that catch and just have a, a huge day. Uh, and great day. Great to see them them back working together. So for the Jets, uh, obviously Sam Darnold still hurts. So we saw Josh McCown out there getting the start yet again. Uh, and not a bad day for fantasy. 16 points, uh, 276 in the air with one touchdown and an interception. Adds 25 yards on the ground. Uh, and that's exactly what we can expect out of him. Uh, he showed it. Two or last year, actually, he showed it all last year that he can be a serviceable quarterback. Serviceable quarterback when he's out there, uh, you know, he's not quite a starter, but I think he's better than a backup. He's kind of in that limbo where you know you're going to get those great games out of him, but you know you're going to get those bad games as well. For the running backs, uh, nobody did anything, uh, and really, um, we'll start with Isaiah Crowell. So he he led him in fantasy points, seven points with thirty yards on six. Uh, receptions or six carries I'm sorry and then got you as exactly 30 yards on three receptions as well what 
it's surprising to me how bad Elijah McGuire has been. Now, maybe his injury is still bothering him. I, I really don't know. I'm going to look more into that, see if there's any been, and been any talk about that, and we'll discuss it on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday's podcast, one of those. But he looked so good last year uh, at times and then has just struggled to do anything this year. He came out, that first game looked really good. And then really has struggled to produce since then. And he struggled again in this one. Just three points in fantasy. 19 yards on six catches. Uh, like I said, I'm just surprised that he's looked looked this bad. For the wide receivers, so we talked about it Friday. Quincy Nunwa had the best matchup here against the New England secondary. Uh, and he's... Comes through for you in fantasy. If he got the touchdown, he would have had himself a great day. But nine points in fantasy, 73 yards on four catches. Uh, but Jermaine Curse is the one who gets the touchdown. He gets you 15 points in fantasy uh, with 66 yards on six catches and a touchdown. And now for the last game of today's podcast, uh, the Oakland Raiders losing to the Baltimore Ravens 17-34. to for Oakland, um, I mean, there. I guess there was some fantasy relevance in this game. I mean, Derek Carr, again, does nothing for you. 11 points in fantasy, just 194 yards and a ah, touchdown. Uh, did get hurt in this game, though. Did come out. Uh, he did talk and say that he's expecting uh, to be fine and that he'll play uh, next week. So we'll see what happens with him. I can't imagine you're starting him if you are. May God be with you. I'm sorry. That's really all I can say about that. For the running backs here, so Doug Martin comes through for you in fantasy, at least what you'd expect out of him. 14 points with 51 yards on 11 carries and a touchdown. Uh, Does add 21 yards in the receiving game. And that's, in all honesty, guys, really it. That's it for Oakland. There's really nobody else worth talking about. Wide receivers, I mean, Seth Roberts had 17, or 7 points, I'm sorry, 2 catches. I'm sorry, yeah, no, two catches, I didn't read that wrong, two catches for 54 yards, so, you know, I mean, he had that going for him. Uh, the only other play to really come through was Jared Cook, again, a tight end, as bad as a position as it is, 10 points is a great day for a tight end, uh, as he gets you just 32 yards on two catches and one touchdown. I mean, this team is just a, right now, is a complete joke. I do think that they're going to get it turned around uh, after these next couple drafts here. But as of right now, the dude is just, Oakland's bad all around. And that's all we can really say for Baltimore. So, Lamar Jackson gets his second start, has another good day here. Uh, A little bit better throwing the ball this week than last week. 178 yards in the air with one touchdown, two interceptions, and then adds 71 yards and a touchdown on the ground to get you 22 points in fantasy. Again, that's all that matters. Doesn't matter how he gets them, just that he gets them and he got them. The Gus Bus leads the carries here for the running attack uh, with Alex Collins out. 23 carries, 118 yards for the Gus Bus. Um, really going to be interesting to see if they decide to go back to Alex Collins at any point uh, with the way the Gus Bus has been running the ball, but 11 points in fantasy. Uh, and Ty Montgomery shows up here in the box score with 8 catches. For 50, I'm sorry, 51 yards on eight rushes and 13 yards on three catches to get you seven points in fantasy. For the wide receivers, Michael Crabtree gets you nine points. And that's mainly because, well, he got the touchdown. Three catches for 21 yards and a touchdown gets you to come through for come through in fantasy. And then 
Mark Andrews. Seven points in fantasy because he got one catch for 74 yards. Again, I've talked about it before. Loved Andrews coming out of Oklahoma. Thought he was going to be the best tight end in this class. Still think that most offensively talented tight end that I think came out even better than Mike Gesicki. You know, everybody loves what he did at the Combine. Uh, but definitely think Mark Andrews uh, is worthy. If you if he's out there in waiver wires for Dynasty Leagues, he's worth a stash because I think he's going to be something next year. Uh, and that's going to be it for the games uh, that I break down today. Do want to touch on the, the Falcons. I'm sorry, not the Falcons, the Ravens, though. So a uh, story came out earlier today that Joe Flacco is going to be going to uh, a hip doctor this week to see if he can get cleared. Needs to be watched. I don't know if they're actually going to put him back in as the starter, uh, especially with the way Lamar Jackson has looked. Uh, the offense and everything just seems to run better with him, but I do think uh, that the wide receivers are going to produce more, obviously, with Joe Flacco. So definitely something to watch if he is cleared. If they decide to go back to Joe Flacco, I do think that that immediately boosts John Brown and Michael Tra- Crabtree. Uh, and if they stay with Lamar Jackson, I think that downgrades him again. Even though Michael Crabtree had the touchdown this week, they were not getting any targets or anything. It's almost they didn't run it twenty-seven times this time with Lamar Jackson, but it sure shit felt like it because that's what he's been doing. But it's effective and it gets stuff done. He is a dynamic athlete. Other than that, the only big news story to come out, uh, and I'll touch on it here just because uh, the the fact that I didn't get to the Jacksonville game, but it is news. Uh, Cody Kessler has been named the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and I'll kind of touch more on that tomorrow uh, once I break down the game there. But obviously, anybody who watched it or knows the big fight, Blake Bortles was horrible. So they're going to go to Cody Kessler starting in week 13 for the Monday night preview here. We have the 5 and 5 Tennessee Titans going up against the 7 and 3 Houston Texans. Houston, who have won 7 straight after going 0 and 3 here, looking to make it 8 straight. Um and I do think they're going to do it. Uh their owner Bob McNair passed away this weekend. Uh even though he made some controversial controversial comments last year with some of the kneeling stuff and saying you can't let the inmates run the prison. A lot of it, a lot was made out of that. Uh, I do think that he was fairly uh, beloved by a lot of the players. They have they've talked about how much he has done for the game, how much they appreciate him. So I do think that they're going to come out um, and really win this game for him. Uh, Tennessee, I think, is a very still a very good football team. Obviously, Marcus Mariota uh, hopefully is healthy again. Uh, but I do think that the Texans are going to come out on fire and win this game. Uh, but Tex- the Texans are given the 74% chance to win this game. Uh, they are four-point favorites for Tennessee. I do like Marcus a little bit in this game. Again, it, it's kind of hard to tell be, if he really is healthy or not. He says he is, so we'll see. If he is, uh, I do like Corey Davis as well in this game. Uh, I think it's a good matchup for him. I think he can put up some points. Again, it's going to be, it's all going to hinge on on Marcus Mariota and his uh, elbow, shoulder, hand, everything that he's just unfortunately been banged up due to the fact that he kind of runs the ball a lot and takes a lot of big hits. Uh, but again, he says he's healthy, so I'm going to trust him in that. So with that being said, I do think that Corey Davis has. A good game here for the running backs. 
I'm really worried about these guys. Houston has been very good. Actually, before I get to them, I'm going to finish up with the, the wide receivers. Uh, Taewon Taylor is out with the foot, uh, so I don't really think Darius Jennings or Cameron Batson does anything. Tajay Sharp had a decent game last week. Uh, I, 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 but I don't think that he does it here. I really do think that it's just going to come, kind of come down to Corey Davis. Now, that being said, with the running backs, obviously Deion Lewis here and um, Derrick Henry. I think it's going to be uh, more of a Deion Lewis game. Uh, as I've talked about, everybody who listens by this point knows I hate Derrick Henry. I, I just do not think he's overly talented. Uh, but Deion Lewis is the more versatile back. The problem here is. Houston's defense is really good, and they've improved every week against the run uh, right up in the top 10, not just against the run, but against the pass as well. Um, so I think the only they're going to have to attack Deion Lewis in the receiving game here uh, and go after those linebackers. I think that's the only way he comes through for you here. Otherwise, I do think that it's going to be just a game run by Houston's offense and honestly their defense. For Houston, again, Deshaun Watson, I think, is going to have himself a good night here. Probably more on the ground than in the air. Uh, Tennessee's defense against the pass has been top 5-10 to 10 most of the year. They've been right in that range. Uh, been really good against the pass. Where they've struggled is against the run. Uh, so I do expect Lamar Miller to have a decent game here. Not a huge game, but I do expect him to put up right between 12 to 16 points. Uh, will definitely get you that 16, I think, if he scores. But I think he's going to be right in that area. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I expect, will be able to do some work with his legs here. Uh, obviously, if you've got DeAndre Hopkins, I think you've got to start him. Um, I actually think Kiki Kuti could have a good game here as well. A lot of that is going to depend on who matches up with him. So... With Tennessee, obviously, I've talked about before, I love Dory Jackson. I think he's an extremely underrated cornerback. Uh, very good. I do think Malcolm Butler is going to be matched up on DeAndre Hopkins more often than not. That's why I think that's good news for Hopkins. Malcolm Butler has been beatable. Uh, for Dory Jackson, if he does end up on Kiki Kuti, uh, I still think Kuti could have himself a good game here. I do expect him to get about 12 points uh, just because I think He's got the speed um, and the quickness to get around Jackson, and Jackson's biggest weakness is if he gets beat, he doesn't have that closing speed. If he can stay in front of you, he's he's an elite cornerback. Uh, but if he gets beat, uh, I just he doesn't he doesn't close very well. I think that's his biggest problem. That's what T. Y. Hilton burned him so many times last week. So I like Kuti and Hopkins as well with Deshaun Watson and Lamar Miller again. I expect the Texans to just run away. With this game here. Uh, they probably won't. Because it's Monday night. And again Tennessee's defense is much better than people think. Uh, but I expect them to come out emotional on fire. And wanting to get this win for Mr. McNair. So that will do it for today's podcast guys. Sorry for the, the quick run through on everything. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Some changes coming for the podcast. And hopefully for the fantasy roundtable as well. Can't wait to discuss those after the season is over. Uh, but still with that stuff in the middle of taking care of a lot of stuff as well. I'm sure everybody understands family life and all this other stuff. It's it's crazy right now in the holidays. So sorry for running through there and just kind of touching on the finer points of every game. And all the players. Hopefully next week we'll get back to more defined and and. Uh, getting kind of in depth a little bit more on the the players, but uh, at two at this point, I mean everybody kind of knows who is in and out. We're not really seeing a lot of a lot of craziness going down in these games. So for tomorrow's podcast, I will be back. Uh, 
to break down the remaining five games on Sunday's slate, and then we will also recap the Monday night football game, uh, and then I will likely talk some college football as we know a huge game went down yesterday, or Saturday, I'm sorry, it feels like yesterday because I've still been celebrating it, Um, but we'll, we'll, I don't want to... I don't want to. I, I got to hold my enthusiasm and excitement in on that, and I'll discuss it on tomorrow's podcast as well as we'll talk some about the rankings and everything before they come out, and then we'll address those again on probably Thursday's podcast uh, since I probably won't have one on Wednesday, keeping with the norm of not having a Wednesday's podcast. So uh, I will definitely be back tomorrow, though. Hopefully, uh, if you guys have anybody going tonight and you need uh, points for them to win, I hope you get them. If you need them to suck, I hope they suck uh, for you guys. And, uh, Uh, Other than that, enjoy the game tonight, guys. Again, last game before we go into the final week of the regular season for fantasy football. Crazy that we're already almost to week 13. So enjoy the game tonight, guys, and I will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Peace. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!